Whenever man has the spirit of religion, whether it's a religious spirit within their own Christianity, they make up their own rules. They take certain scriptures that apply to their lives and then they throw away others. They don't take the word of God in its wholeness and holiness. Wednesday, everyone. God bless you all. Welcome to the Yahweh Vice Podcast. My name is Shaq. You're going to have to excuse me if I sound a little under the weather. It's because I am. I've been battling a cold for the last two days. But nonetheless, I'm here ready to share God's message, God's word. And I think this message is going to be beneficial to a lot of you folks out there who are quite confused about which direction to turn, which way to go, and so forth. But nonetheless, here it is. So, episode four, God over Google. But before I deliver this message, I want to pray. Father God, Lord Jesus, in your mighty and holy name, I plead your blood over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over my audience. I plead the blood of Jesus over my voice, over my heart. I repent of my sins, Father. I pray that you allow your power to flow through me. Give me the words I need to speak and impart onto your people. Give me the wisdom. Give me the daily bread today, Father. Give me the fruit today, Father, so I can impart onto your people and I can give them the breakthrough that they need, or you can give them the breakthrough that they need through this message, through this podcast. In your mighty holy name, I pray. Amen. All right. So going into it, God over Google, and I'm going to be reading from James chapter one, verse five of the new King James version. And the name of the word reads in the name of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, I pray that your word, your bread may penetrate the hearts, minds, and souls of the listeners through this microphone. Let your will be done through all of us. Let your will be done through me. Once again, I pray and employ that you give me the words I need to speak, the wisdom I need to speak, the knowledge I need to impart onto your people so that they may be armed and they may put on the armor of God and withstand the schemes of the devil and walk in your truth and your mighty and holy name, I pray. So going into it. So, so many times when there is something that we don't know or we don't understand, the tendency is rather than ask God, we ask Google or we ask Siri. Hey, Siri, what does James 1.5 mean? Hey, whatever Android users use for Google, what does Matthew 6.33 mean? What does John chapter 2 verse 5 mean? Or rather, we just type it. And then we click on a website. And then we look. And then... Rather than testing the spirits of the person who wrote the article of the website, rather than praying to God about the person we're looking up 
for the information. We just take it for face value. And a lot of carnally minded Christians make that same mistake over and over and over again. And then when you put out a point that goes against that knowledge that they attained, they go into their spirit of religion and they reject what you have to say. And then you have to point out the fact that did you even pray before you researched that knowledge? Did you even pray before you read that article? Did you even pray? Did you say, Father God, is this the right information that aligns with your word? Is this what it really means? And even if you did pray and you did ask God for the wisdom, he would have told you right then and there if you had the heart to do so. And I'm not saying that your heart is evil. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you have the mind to pray over everything you take in that claims it's the knowledge of God, God would tell you right then and there. And so with that being said, I want to explain the dangers of not using God for all of your questions. I want to explain the dangers of putting Google over God rather than God over Google. Matthew 6:33, Jesus said, "But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you." And children of Yah, God commands that we seek him first and foremost regarding every matter in our lives. Regardless of how inconsequential or small it is, this is what he requires of us. This is a command from God himself. And the same goes for any requests, any concerns that we have, anything. We have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We have to in all of our ways. Proverbs says, in all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he shall direct your paths. So the Lord requires acknowledgement through all of this. But what do carnally minded Christians do? They don't acknowledge the Lord. They just go and they use Google. They go and use the theology professor. They go and they use the search engine and not realizing that it's not a research engine. God should truly be the source of all of your answers and questions. You know, there's a reason why Jesus said in the book of John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There's a reason why he says that. Because he knew that there would be deceivers and false prophets and false teachers and wolves in sheep's clothing seeking to deceive the hearts of the simple, as the scripture says. And I want to tell you guys the truth that it may make some of you mad. Maybe, maybe not. But the mark of the beast is not a literal mark on your skin, but rather the mark of the beast is technology. What do I mean when I say this? Look at all the vaccinations. Some of you are going to get mad. 
but the vaccinations, people say, oh, no, 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 that, that, that's not the mark of the beast. Well, if you look closely at the, the Greek translations, it's not a literal mark, but the mark is inside you. And the enemy, Satan, uses technology. He's using technology still to push out the mark of the beast. And so we got to realize that whenever we want the true answer to what a scripture means, you got to realize the mistake of using the beast system for a godly answer. And that's the danger of using Google over God. Most Christians, they fall into the trap of not studying for themselves the word of God and relying solely what they heard in church or Google. And here's something, children of Yah, that I want to encourage you to think about. What if your pastor or bishop was wrong? Because here's what happens. We hold on to their doctrine for so long even if it's not biblically sound, if we're not studying for ourselves, we hold on to what they teach us, even if it's not biblically sound. And then someone comes along and explains something different, which is also biblically accurate. It may be biblically accurate. And then what do we do? We get offended. We get defensive. And then we dig in our heels because now our quote unquote religion is exposed. I spoke last time on the religion of man and how whenever man has the spirit of religion, whether it's a religious spirit within their own Christianity, they make up their own rules. They take certain scriptures that apply to their lives and then they throw away others. They don't take the word of God in its wholeness and holiness. And the word of God says that those who add or take away from the scriptures, their names will be blotted out of the book of life and they will be judged according to their works and they will be cast into the lake of fire. They cannot inherit the kingdom. The Bible warns of this many, many, many times. And here's the hard, ugly truth, children of Yah, regarding this. Most Christians do not read their Bible outside of Wednesday and Sunday. Most Christians do not pray as much as they should. Most Christians do not have a strong relationship with God. And that is why they use Google. That is why whenever you meet a Christian who can quote scripture, notice that the ones who quote scripture, it's all head knowledge. It's all head knowledge, but no miracles in their lives to speak of. And I'm not saying that, you know, just because you quote scripture doesn't mean you don't have the anointing of God. You may very well have the anointing. I often quote scripture all the time, but there's an anointing there. There's a spirit there to back that up. There's favor. 
And I want to encourage you, children of Yah, to know the difference between the two. Do not fall for these guys who use Google to cover up the fact that there is no anointing. You meet, for example, the Hebrew Israelite. Oh, I know about this tribe. I know this scripture. I know that scripture. Did you read the book of this, the book of that? They have all this head knowledge, but there's no anointing. I challenge you to ask them, okay, Hebrew Israelite, when's the last time you casted out a demon? When's the last time? Have you ever cured cancer in a body of one of your members? Have you ever delivered someone from an alcohol addiction? And every time they bring to me this point, that point, the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Judah, and this, that, and the third. And then when they make their points, usually the Hebrew Israelites are African-American men. And then they approach me and I say, okay, show me where in the scripture does it say what you're saying? I don't know. Uh, 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 you know, they stumble. They do the juggling act. I don't know, but it's on it's on YouTube. It's on Google. You know, you, you need to follow this person. And I always tell them, my man, I don't follow YouTube. When it comes to the knowledge of God, I only go to one source, God himself. Oh, you're not one of the real ones then. Look me in the eye and tell me that I'm not real. No, 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 no. It's okay. You, you, you got it. You got it. It's all head knowledge, but no relationship. And I want you guys to be mindful of this. Just because someone has head knowledge does not mean they have anointing. There are some pastors out there. They know the Bible from front to cover, but they don't believe in the miracle of Jesus. I got into an argument last month with a person who ran a church all her life. And she told me the things that were written in the Bible 2,000 years ago don't apply to now. Oh, really? So my question is, then what are you teaching your church? What are you teaching your congregation? If the things in the Bible that applied then don't apply now. What Bible are you reading from? So you're preaching the miracle of Jesus, but don't believe in the miracle. You know what the word of God says? It says in Timothy that people like that have a form of godliness and deny the power. And from such people turn away. You got to be mindful. See, here's the thing, children of Yah. Here's the thing. I want to encourage you to look at this. Watch this. Whenever someone has the true anointing of God, you can see it. You can look in their spirits. You can go in the spirit and you can look in their souls, in their minds, in their eyes, and you can literally see the light in them. They have that light of truth. They have the favor. They have the anointing. And this is why the word of God says in 1 John 4, chapter 1, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God for many false prophets have gone out into the world. You got to test the spirits. People say, 
We'll check the fruit on the tree. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. And I, I said last episode, but I'm going to reiterate, Jesus is not talking about the good deeds of men. Jesus is talking about what is in their hearts. Because the fruit of the Spirit for Galatians 5, 22-23 is the nine fruits. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, patience, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. The person who has the anointing, if they have those fruits within them, then you're going to know as a true believer filled with the spirit, moving in one accord with the spirit, you are going to know who is with you and who is not. You are going to know this. I promise you, you will know. You will know them by their true fruit, not by their head knowledge, not by their deeds, their deeds that they do on camera, which the word of God, by the way, warns against. Jesus said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others just to be seen by them. Let every charitable deed you do be done in secret so that your heavenly father will reward you openly. Don't practice your good deeds just to be seen, children of Yah, and think that that's the fruit. That is the works of the kingdom. Your faith will produce real works. And check this out. Like I said in Galatians 5.22, your faith is one of your fruits. And here's the thing about people like Hebrew Israelites, children of Yah. Here's the thing. And I'm going to use them specifically as an example. They speak truth and head knowledge. They try to. But they have that hatred in their hearts. Oh, the white man this, the white man that. I'm like, I had a conversation with one of the Hebrew Israelites one day, and I said, brother, you have nothing but hatred in your heart. You haven't once spoke about the love of Christ. In this, It was a 30-minute conversation. I said, you haven't spoken about the love of Christ anywhere at any point in this conversation. And guys, one of the fruits of the Spirit is not anger. It's not division. It's not discord. It's not bitterness. It's love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, patience, and self-control. If you're talking to someone and they have the head knowledge and they know Scripture, this is why you have to choose God over Google because a lot of Christians are very carnal in their discernment and the spirit of the Lord will give you and tell you everything you need to know regarding any particular matter, anything. And the scriptures will arm you, children of Yah. First Peter Three chapter, I'm sorry, first Peter chapter three, verse 15 says, 
but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You got to always be at the ready, children of Yah. Always be at the ready. And when you're filled with the spirit and you're standing on the sword of truth, which is God's word. You're going to always know and you're going to spot out these false prophets, these false teachers, these wolves in sheep's clothing. These witches, these demonic people, you're going to spot them out very, very quickly. And I'm not saying that there aren't truly anointed people with the favor filled with the spirit, with the Holy Spirit, who aren't on Google speaking the truth, because there are. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about not seeking the kingdom first, not seeking God's righteousness first. And going straight to Google. You have to exercise wisdom, children of Yah. You have to exercise wisdom. And you know what? For most carnally minded Christians, as well as worldly people, Google is their idol. The first thing that they reach for is Google. And they don't pray first on the things that they read. Or even if they should read them, because you got to think even the people who write the articles who don't have the blood of Jesus over their life, they're literally by virtue of that, by virtue of the spiritual warfare and that they may be speaking death over you. That's why I always pray before every single episode, every single video, every single message I give out to the people. I always ask God, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone, over my words, over my mind, my soul, my heart, my spirit. This is very, very serious. You got to be very, very careful of where you get your information from. Matthew chapter seven, verses seven to eight. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. But don't forget what God said regarding the worship of idols, children of Yah. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 23 to 24. Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. And God says this several times in the scriptures. God doesn't want nothing to come before him. Nothing. The thing that you're afraid to lose out of your own fleshly desires. If God said, you got to give up your car. 
You got to give up the thing you love the most to follow me. But God, no, 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 no. This has been in my family for X, X amount of time. No, not this. Please, God, please. The Bible says that's an idol. It's literally an idol. Nothing but a carved image. The book of Psalms says the idols of the nation are silver and gold. They have eyes but don't see. They have mouths but don't speak. Be mindful of the idols that you have in your lives. Be mindful of the things you go to before God. And so by looking at this Deuteronomy verse, chapter 4, verses 23 to 24, God tells us that it's actually a commandment that we put nothing before him. For he is all-seeing and he is all-knowing. And so, we got to use some common sense. If God is all-seeing and all-knowing, why would we go to something that's not? I'll tell you why. For those of us that do this, it's because our hearts aren't in the right place. Our minds are not aligned with God's. Our spirits are not aligned with God's. Transparency time. So there was a time in my walk, for some reason, I couldn't say the name Jesus. And now looking back, it was because I had a demonic affliction within me. And that was what was keeping me from receiving the truth of God's word, the real truth. That was what was keeping me from receiving the true fullness of the spirit inside me. There are some people out there who are afraid to say the name Jesus. When you mention the name Jesus, they can't stand it. It irritates them. It irritates the demons inside them. And they start acting all kinds of craziness. They start acting all kinds of out of pocket. There are just some people out there who struggle with these demons as soon as you say the name jesus they start bugging out how many of you have experienced this how many of you have experienced prideful people demonically afflicted people who all kinds of rage just pops up whenever you mention the name jesus and for some reason, I was very uncomfortable with saying the name Jesus. And then I realized that it was holding me back from my true anointing. I didn't receive him. I didn't truly receive him. Now it's a completely different story. Now all I have to do is say the name Jesus. And I already know who's with me. I already know who's against me. It's very, very easy. But children of Yah, you have to get to that place where you can receive Jesus. Truly receive Jesus. Yes, you can know Jesus died for your sins. Yes, you can know Jesus died for the cross. Yes, you can know Jesus hung there six hours on one Friday and was resurrected on the third day. You can know all these things. But if you don't truly receive it, truly receive the authority that he gave you to do greater works than him, as he said he would, 
then this is going to fly completely over your head. But that's not my goal. My goal is for you to catch it. Every single one of you. I don't want to leave no one behind. Regardless of where you are in your walk, I want you to be able to catch it. And so, I too was one of these carly-minded Christians. And I had a pastor who could quote scripture off the back of his hand, off the back of his tongue. And I admired him so much that I took everything he knew for face value. But see, children of Yah, what I didn't realize was that his knowledge was all head knowledge. And why am I saying this? Because I never saw him produce the miracles of the spirit. I never saw him cast out devils. I never saw him speak in tongues. I never saw him cure diseases or move in power. Like Jesus did with the 12 apostles. Every Christian should be able to cast out devils. Every Christian should be able to speak in tongues. Every Christian should be able to cure diseases. If Jesus said we would be able to do works greater than him, this is something, as far as I'm concerned, this is level one. This is the first thing you should be able to do as a believer. If you haven't, then I would encourage you to analyze where your soul is at if you've truly received God. Because remember, God judges the secret sin, the sin that you put in the back of your mind that, oh, maybe God will, will, will kind of skim over this and just kind of forgive it. No, 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 no. Ephesians 5.11 says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We are literally called as true believers as disciples of Christ, as Christians, to call every dark thing onto the hilltops, into the light, where everyone can see. Because when darkness comes to light, it has no power. And the devil knows this. And that's why he controls a lot of carnally-minded Christians. He reminds them of their deep, dark past. I just saw a video where the pastor out in Indiana, he confessed to adultery for having relations with an underage minor for nine years. And then when he brought it to light, and then the lady whom he was involved with brought it to light, the spirit of religion reared and flared its ugly head and the minds of the men who ran the church, like they ran up on, on the girl, like, like trying to get them, like trying to bully them and, and shove them away from the microphone, try to bully the woman and her husband. Like, oh, you could take this purity ring back. We're done. First of all, from looking at the video, you could tell the spirit of the Lord was not present in that church. You could tell. Because... I could tell. I could tell it was a religious spirit. I already knew. The spirit of the Lord told me, showed me, and it was present. And people say purity rings. Purity ring is not even in scripture. There is no such thing as a purity ring. If you are a virgin, you are a virgin. But there is no such thing as a purity ring. And so, we got to test these people we got to test these people children of Yah. we got to study for ourselves 
We got to study for ourselves. But going back to my pastor, I never saw him do any of those things. And then in one service, he said, I don't believe in, in speaking in tongues. I don't believe in casting out devils. And my pastor was a former atheist from 1987. I'm not going to mention his name. But he was an atheist. And I think that spirit of religion is still creeping inside him. I think some part of him still struggles with the miracles of Jesus. To watch the body of a member, the spirit of illness, the spirit of cancer flee from them in mere seconds, minutes, hours, without science, without medicine without chemo, without this, without that. That is the true miracle of Jesus. For a blind man to see again, for a paralyzed man to walk, for a man to be raised from the dead, for a man to be cleansed of leprosy. Every believer should be able to do this, provided that they are truly born again. They are born of the water and they are born of the spirit. You can't be born of the spirit if you're still doing worldly things. That's like a Puerto Rican born in Puerto Rico doing everything a Puerto Rican does, but they speak Russian. That's like a Puerto Rican speaking Russian in Puerto Rico. No. A Puerto Rican has to speak Spanish in Puerto Rico. And so it is with the spirit. A person born of the spirit got to speak spirit, got to do spirit, got to be of the spirit to produce the works of the spirit. And it's these works that help advance the kingdom of God, children of Yah. I want you all to realize this. And so every believer should be able to do this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus granted the 12 disciples. It says, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when you're truly born again, children of Yah, your faith does produce the real works of the kingdom. And wisdom is always available at the drop of a dime. But when you don't have the anointing of the spirit, what happens is people end up forming their own opinions, their own denominations. Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, Episcopalian, Lutheran, Trinity. That's when opinions come in. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says that see that there are no divisions, no divisions among you. And all these denominations that claim that this one has the truth, that one has the truth. Let me tell you, children of Yah, it's not biblical. If you are part of a church that claims a denomination, your church is an apostate church. There may be a part of the remnant in that church, in the congregation, there may be people filled with the spirit that is keeping that church intact. But that church is in very grave danger. The apostate spirit 
has endangered the church. The spirit of religion has endangered the church. The spirit of religion has endangered the church. And church is not necessarily a building. We are the church, the body of Christ. We are the church. This is the truth. This is the truth. Do not let anybody else tell you otherwise. And when you don't have the anointing of the spirit, this is the kind of thing that happens. And let me read to you that 1 Corinthians 1.10 verse. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I used to claim I was Pentecostal. I don't claim Pentecostal anymore for this particular reason. And if we wrongfully idolize pastors, children of Yah, who almost never warn you to study for yourselves, just because they want you to keep going to their house, they need the offering money, they need the tithing money, and to preach falsehoods to you so that they are the only ones you listen to, that puts us in an extremely dangerous place as believers. There is a reason why most believers never truly realize the power of the Holy Spirit, children of Yah. There is a reason why most people never cast out devils, spells, warlock spirits, or speak in tongues. It's because their church is lying to them. I have encountered and seen way too many times when I talk to someone regarding spiritual warfare and they go, what is that? One of the first things I say is, why didn't your pastor teach you about spiritual warfare? Or maybe they did and you just skipped the service? Uh-oh. But hopefully, you were faithful to God's commandment to honoring the Sabbath day and keeping it holy and never neglecting to go to a meeting place, which is your house of worship. Given all those things, why isn't your pastor teaching you about spiritual warfare why is it why doesn't your pastor know about warlock spirits why doesn't your pastor know about witches witchcraft seances spiritism why doesn't your pastor know about this i'll tell you why it's because the pastor doesn't have the spirit himself the pastor is full of head knowledge And there are a lot of pastors out there like this. That is why whenever I talk about spiritual warfare, I have a lot of people who go through the spirit of religion and the spirit of pride. They always come against me because they never, they don't know what it is. They're going through it right now and they don't know what it is. They blind themselves. They're spiritually dead. To them, it's just a regular book. And let me tell you guys something. You cannot read the Bible as a regular book. This is the word of God. You have to read the Bible filled with the spirit. You cannot read the Bible through carnal lenses. 
If you read the Bible through carnal lenses, I promise you, you will miss it. I missed it for nine years. And if you guys were in the same position that I was at, it's okay. Let's get it right. Let's submit the carnality of our minds to the Lord. Let's crucify and kill the flesh so that we can receive the spirit and see things through totally different lenses. We can see the unseen. You'll know what a demonic spirit feels like and looks like. You'll know that they have many shapes. You'll know that these spirits are shapeshifters and they will enter the heart and soul of any vessel who doesn't know otherwise. They'll know. And so we have to read the Bible filled with the Spirit. And so their church is lying to them. And it's the same with Google. The people that we look up to and follow in Google, if we don't have the presence of mind to ask God beforehand, how can we be so sure that these people who have their own opinions aren't carnally minded in their discernments? Whenever the people I come across, they want to debate theology. The first thing they show me is not a Bible verse, but rather something they found on Google. And my response is always this. What did God tell you when you prayed about your response? Most of them don't pray. Most of them just post, 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 comment, post, like, reaction, no prayer. All head knowledge, no relationship. And their answers are, are always something that I would expect from a carnally minded Christian without the spirit. Well, I don't need to pray. I read the Bible five times. I know the original Greek translations. I've gone to two to five different Bible schools. There's no way you can win. I know it all. First of all, Hebrews chapter four says the Bible is the living word. So if you think you could read the Bible through one sit through and think that you know it all, there's a reason why you don't. That's the reason why you are dead. You are spiritually dead. There are pastors preaching from one book out of the 66 books of the Bible for 10, 15, 20 years, still finding new things to explore, still finding new revelation. And you read the Bible once and automatically you know it. I heard one pastor say that. He said, oh, I don't really need to Bible. I got it all memorized by heart. That's carnally minded. If the Bible is always moving, if the Bible is always given revelation, if the Bible is the always, is always the living word, why are you reading it once and then never reading it again? God is way too big for any one of us to put in a box. That's the truth. All head knowledge and no relationship. All religion and no spirit. All puff and fluff and no miracles to speak of. Some of them do have miracles, but in most cases, it's all fluff. And so now the question is this, children of Yah, where do we go from here? You say, if I can't use Google, and my pastor might be wrong, and I can't hear God's voice. What do I do? Well, children of Yah, the first thing to do is to pray and repent. 
renounce the spirit of rebellion and ask God to forgive you for not seeking him first, nor acknowledging him in all your ways. And then after that, the next biblical principle is this. 1 Timothy 2.15, be diligent and study the word to show yourself approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved, children of Yah. Study to show yourself approved. You do not need the approval of your pastor. You do not need the approval of a minister. You do not need the approval. If you have the anointing, you do not need the approval of any man to do what God has instructed you to do. But as far as studying, self-approval, there's a reason why the Bible says self-approval, because man is selfish. Man puts limitations I've had a number of different pastors tell me, I want to take you under my wing, but you got to do it the way I tell you to do it. You're not ready to run your own ministry because you this, you that, you're not ready. That's why the word of God says study to show yourself approved. Pray that God can give you the spirit to receive his word before you read it. Why? Because the word of God cannot be read through natural lenses, but like I said, through spiritual lenses. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Remember, the whole point of this episode, children of Yah, is to remind you of the dangers of relying on the flesh, the ways of the flesh. Book of Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And so the point of this episode is to remind you of that way and to point you toward the things of the spirit for a solution to everything you face in life. Jeremiah 17 verses 5 through 8 says, thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Children of Yah, when you always trust in the Lord and you only trust in the Lord, you will never cease yielding fruit. Remember I said faithfulness was one of the fruits of the spirit. There you go. And your faith will be accounted for righteousness. Like it says in Romans. Reading on to nine ten of Jeremiah 17. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. 
God is always searching your mind and heart, children of Yah. Everything has to be in complete alignment with God. When God sees that you are truly ready to surrender your sin, when God sees that you are truly ready to kill your flesh, that's when it begins. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and instruction. But make no mistake, unless your pastor is in fact a pastor who lacks discernment, in no way, children of Yah, am I telling you to abandon them. A pastor is a crucial component to five-fold ministry, and they are taxed with the responsibility of feeding and tending to their sheep and helping them grow in their anointing. So in no way am I telling you to abandon them. But what I am saying is this, don't take their word for vase value. Always compare it to what the word of God says. Always study for yourselves and always compare what they say to the word of Bible. And I encourage you to do the same for me. Don't take what I'm saying for face value. Truly study for yourselves. Pray on some of the things I'm telling you. Please do. I have no problem doing that. I pray before I speak on this microphone. I pray before I post. I pray before I need to minister to someone. I pray because I don't want no part of it to be me. I want it to be the spirit working within me. And that's precisely the point. As he increases, I must decrease. And the truth is that when you have an anointing and God's voice is a compass, with the anointing comes the bread that needs no man to teach them. First John chapter two, verses 20 to 21. But if you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. And if anything, children of y'all, I want to encourage you all to pray first before you do anything. That's the best thing you could do. If you don't know nothing, pray first. God, what should I do about this pastor, this minister, this person, that person? If God says, get in my word, you get in his word to know the truth. If God doesn't answer you, get in the word anyway. If you don't have a clear answer or you need confirmation, get in God's word and God's word will tell you. Study for yourselves, children of Yah. So pray before you do anything. Ask God that this is where the good seed is being sown. And ask God if he wants you to bloom in that particular harvest. But whatever you do, do not neglect to read your word, children of Yah. Do not neglect it. Because if you don't have any knowledge of the word, you will fall for anything and everything. The devil knows that you have no truth to stand on. You can't know the truth. If the truth is already closed off to you, you can't, a lot of people, you know, they treat the Bible itself, like the physical Bible as an idol. They sleep with it under their pillow, like, oh, the Bible's going to protect me. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You got to open it and read the words so that the truth can be in you. The Bible itself is not a shield, but the word of God is. The word of God, it says it's a sword. It's a sword of truth. And truth always defeats the lie. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. 
because you've rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. When you reject to read the word of God, God will reject you. Don't be surprised when God is not answering you because you've rejected his knowledge. You can't be part of the priesthood. Romans chapter 1 verses 21 to 23 says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-foot animals and creeping things. Romans, reading on to verses 24 and 25, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the create the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Reading on to 28 and 32 of Romans chapter 1. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are worshipers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Imagine studying from one particular person, children of y'all, only to find out that that person was wrong for a number of years. And even worse, you never thought to ask God if they were right because you assumed that they were right. That would very much explain why so many people went through things they never had to go through and made bad choices that lacked spiritual discernment. When all you had to do was ask God. That's why I'm always telling people in my circle, pray before you do anything. Pray before you do anything. Don't sign off on that house before you ask God. Otherwise, if you say, no, 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 I want this house, I'm going to sign off. The next thing you know, you find out your house is full of demons. Next thing you know, you come to find out that, God forbid, someone died in your house. There were warlock spirits moving around in the house. The devil was very much present in that house. Next thing you know, when you go to sleep in that house, you're having nightmares. You're being tormented. Your children are being tormented, God forbid. And you don't know why. All you had to do was ask the Lord. The Holy Spirit was blasphemed in that home. All you have to do is ask the Lord. That's why you always pray before you ask the Lord to do anything. And so in closing, my uh, children, y'all, 
my goal with this episode was to help you unlearn what you have learned. If you've fallen into the trap of picking Google over God. And also for you to understand that if that was you, if this was you, that you were on the other side of the coin. And understand that whenever you receive the power that Jesus promises children of Yah, it always leads to the best choices, including your read on other people. So don't choose Google over God, but rather God over Google. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added onto you. Children of Yah, thank you so much once again. That is it for today. Go sow in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. Go advance the kingdom. God bless you all, and have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye.